And hello everybody, welcome to the Go Home Wrestling Show. My name is DJ, along the side with me is my partner, and the man that loves to rant, uh, D-Shep. <laughs> and we were just talking off air here, and I'll tell you right now, he says he has quite a bit to talk about and rant about, uh, about the Superstar Shake-Up. So basically today on the show, we're going to be covering Raw and SmackDown Superstar Shake-Up. And then, no, we're not going to do a uh, Power Records this week, so no list. Sorry for the noise, that's my kid up there. <laughs> and we're going to end the show with a double champion tournament, the best of the best, where you, I, and the viewers will decide who is the best double champion of all time. And real quick, we'll get into it. I'll show you real quick before we go into our first topic. And here's the eight that we chosen for this. We got The Miz in 2010, Rob Van Dam 2006, Seth Rollins in 2015, Kurt Angle in 2000, Jericho in 01, Michaels in 97, Benoit in 2004, and Austin in 01. So we'll be doing that later on in the show. So uh, welcome everybody that's watching us on Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer, as well as Periscope. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, here we go. Let's go right into it, my friend. We got the Raw... We can review, and we all, like we said, it was a superstar shakeup, so everything was going to be based on that. You're going to see some wrestling, which we did see on both shows, and saw pretty good matches, and I'm excited for the future of the company as far as uh, uh, the, with the moves they made, but as far as execution, you said you had an issue with, well, of course, we'll get into that. All right, so the first one, they started off the show with Stephanie McMahon and Shane coming out to the ring. Um, Stephanie was, you know, doing her usual thing, playing the heel for a second with Shane, and of course they introduced the uh, first uh, superstar shakeup uh, acquisition, and of course that was the Miz, but it came from the crowd and attacked Shane. Now I was okay with the move because obviously, with his show being on USA Network, I knew they were going to go, you know. They, they were going to put him back on Raw. I, the thing I'm confused about is that they're obviously going to continue with the storyline with him and Shane, but Shane's been synonymous with SmackDown since 2016. My, uh, like, I, I don't know if they're, how they're going to continue that. I guess they will. They'll get one final match, and maybe it'll be at Saudi Arabia. We'll see where it goes. But my question to you to start it off is, so, um, how do you feel about the Miz going over to Raw and what direction do you see him going when he uh, starts off? This was pretty much the first and only execution that I was completely fine with. Oh, okay. Uh, the attack from behind was great. Mm-hmm. Even the Miz busting himself open added a little something to the yeah. seriousness that Miz was trying to throw out there. Uh, I thought this was absolutely perfect. As far as what I see in the near future, I don't see the rematch happening soon. Really? Uh, I see more of Shane, not necessarily stepping away from SmackDown, but the whole belief since a few months ago was that the McMahons are going to be on every show anyway. So he'll just start appearing more on Raw, I think. And I think we're just going to get a bunch of similar things that we've seen on SmackDown where Miz is going to get put in handicap matches or Shane's going to get some henchmen down the line. Uh, I could even see like a Miz and Corbin feud. Uh, I think Miz is just going to get fucked with for a while. Uh, 
Um, probably leading up to a match, if not Saudi Arabia, but for sure by SummerSlam. Uh, and then as far as where he goes after that, he'll probably get thrown into the U.S. title feud eventually. Uh, but I can see for a while, especially Joe could be the main henchman. That could even happen right away or that could happen down the line. I think that's the obvious end game is Samoa Joe, I would think, at this point. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mizu, no matter where you throw him, Raw SmackDown, he adapts pretty good. He's done it before. My question is, is the B team and the Miz going to reunite? But- uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay. I I don't know. I was kind of hoping. If, if they go to Miz being fucked with month after month, getting beat up by multi-people, could I see a scenario where it could be Miz and B-Team against, I don't know, Corbin Lashley and that, mm-hmm. that trio? Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly. Uh, but I highly doubt it. It would have to take at least three people beating down Miz at once for that. To, you got to at least get the run in first, I would think. So, uh, but they are over as faces. Miz is a face. It could work if they went that route. All right. Um, all right. So, well, we'll see where to go with that. Which direction? Where do you go to U.S. title scene? Uh, however, there we go. It, well, it, again, it remains to be seen. Um, of course, Um, Vince McMahon experience is the next thing we're going to talk about. And the biggest thing that's buzzing all over social media, Twitter, YouTube, everywhere. This is a huge thing. And it's still it going. Was a game all night on SmackDown last Yeah, it night is. Too. It's still going. To, it's 11.30 Eastern Standard Time. It will never, never, ever die. It won't. For at least for a while. Essentially is actually, if you really think about it, this is the bullet that will kill the Yes Movement. Because this is the new It thing to do. So distracting that nobody was talking about the performance. And the performance was phenomenal. Oh, they did a hell of a, they had a hell of a debut, but we'll get into it real quick. Of course, uh, the War Raiders, they debuted from uh, NXT, the current NXT Tag Team Champions. They debuted Don't on call the Raw Raiders. For, of course, they got they were put in the Don't call tag. War Machine either. Don't I know, we that. can't call them that. I know. War's not allowed. Oh, yeah, and we also felt the need to change their first names for some. I know, we'll, we'll get into that. First match was an eight-man tag. Black and Ricochet, they're on Raw. That's good for them. Uh, along with the Tag Team They champions. didn't make that clear right away. And that's the first. That's we got to add that first. So that's the first fail of the uh, night. Everybody wants to think that the Viking thing was the first fail. The Ricochet and Alistair Black was the first fail. Well, I'll but get into that. They didn't make they didn't make that clear until the end of Raw, and then they had the thing on WWE.com about that. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna, yeah, we'll cover that. Yeah, because I have a little thing about that too. Black and Ricochet and Hawkins Ryder versus the Revival and the Viking Experience. Pretty entertaining eight-man tag. I'm always a fan of that. Every superstar involved got to showcase their talents, but at the end, the Viking experience <laughs> get the win in their debut on Raw, hitting Ryder with the fallout. Now, the first point that you were talking about was that Black and Ricochet, it, it was hinted that they were going to be on Raw, 
uh, later was confirmed last night on SmackDown. But the theme was, I know why they did that. It was a good selling point for you to watch SmackDown. There's some people that may watch Raw that will not watch SmackDown. It was for people to watch SmackDown. No, it wasn't because they put it up on WWE.com right after Raw. Does everyone do that? So how did that draw people to SmackDown? I don't get that. I can see them doing that for that reason, but not everyone goes to the website. I could be wrong. That I think it was a good. I thought it was to get people over to there because they had, there was a lot of unanswered questions, like you said. And I'm happy that they're on Raw. I think it's good for them. Yeah. Because right now, with the stacked tag team division on SmackDown, don't skip over the fact that the chance took the pinfall again. Yes, I know that's the other fall. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about. And the win streak's over at two. So. Going on with the Viking experience, I understand. They live a Viking lifestyle. They, uh, Sarah Morgan and I think it's Eric. Eric, uh, I think. Our, a- you know, since you brought up Sarah Logan, I gotta add this. What's that? Now that the Riot Squad is officially split up with Liv going to SmackDown, which was announced off air. Can we? Are we going to get Logan over to the Viking experience? I mean, it makes sense, don't it? I don't know. It could. I I, I think it makes sense. You know, out of the Riot Squad, everybody's more hyped on Liv and Ruby to begin with. So I I could see, you know, Logan being their manager. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's all great for uh, Black because his wife is also on Raw. Of course, we're going to be commenting on uh, things that we see in the chat room, so people that listen to this podcast later on, uh, we are live on Twitch, Mixer, YouTube, and Periscope, so when you hear us respond, it's because of that. So you can chat with us, follow us on Twitter, Go Home Wrestling, where you can find out when we go live. Now, yes, it, I going back to what he was just saying in chat, yeah, they're going to try to keep their superstars happy. They want to keep you know everyone together. Their husband and wife, they're going to try to Except keep them Charlotte. Well, because they're not married. They're together. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, I think because Naomi's married to uh, one of the Usos. I think it was Jimmy. Is it Jimmy or Jay that's married to Naomi? It doesn't matter. Well, it's one of the Usos. There you go. So that's why she came along. And obviously, Selena and Alistair are on the same, you know, brand. So I don't think they do it for people that are dating because that could end next week. Marriage is a different thing, and I guess they want to keep their superstars happy. That's why they did that. Now, going on to your thing with the Viking experience. I, I guess they didn't want to put the war, uh, word war in there because, you know, them being on the network that, you know, telling you what they do. Yeah. Um, they have a show on the network literally called Monday Night War. But we can't have war in the name. Okay. I don't gotcha. know. I don't gotcha. know. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know why they would do that. That's my only thing. It's like, oh, did they not want it? Or did he see that because uh, uh, the one it really lives the Viking experience, had a Viking wedding with Morgan? And, um, I mean, uh, um, you know what I'm talking about. Jesus. From the Riot Squad. Logan? No, not Logan. Um. What's her name? We were just talking. Ruby, Liv. No, Sarah. Uh, Sarah Logan. Yeah, yeah, whatever. 
I'm brain farting today. I'm Jesus sorry. Christ! All right, you know who I'm talking about. Um, no, because they had a real Viking wedding. So, convincing, you know, oh, they live a Viking lifestyle. They're no longer to call the War Raiders. They are the Viking experience. Wouldn't it be kind of crazy that the whole reason they're being called Vikings is because they've made it a point to always hype that up with Sarah Logan, so now they're going to pair up Logan with them? And rather than wait till they pair up Logan with them, they decide to make the name change now instead of down the road because in the end they're going to eventually put the three together. I think it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I I, I don't know. I, I would be more okay, not with the experience part, obviously, but at least the Viking part of the name. I'd be more okay with it if they throw Logan in there. I would. Well, some people were wondering, like, if they would have put the name Viking, uh, Viking Raiders, that that could have been a better option. Like, I saw that on Twitter. That I actually would have liked more. Um, Norse gods is get them doing. Good God! Hold on. Fucking kid. Are we talking about the old guy or the actual kid? The kid. <laughs> the actual kid. <laughs> um, man. I'm going to have to edit that out. Anyways, um, yeah, they, they had other pretty good names. It just Viking Experience. I, I guess, like Bully Ray on Busted Open Radio, he made a good point that Viking Experience, you could, as far as a marketing and uh, merchandise. There is a lot you can do with it. Yeah. I, get, I, I will give them that, but exactly what Gidham Jones said, you could have went with Viking Experience. You could have called names. Panther and Roll. Nobody, I'm, you could probably pull 90% of wrestling fans now, and they could not tell you the two new names. I, no I, way. I forgot the other one. What's it? Eric and what? Ikar. 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 Either way. I think it was like I-K-K-R-I-R. Ivor or something. Yeah, Ivor. Yeah. There's, nobody remembers that shit. No, they like, don't. It's, it's so bad. I mean... Again, I'm with you. Like, if they were to change the name, I think eventually people would like a month or two from now, they'd be like, "All right, oh, Viking Experience, man, I'm so glad they won the tag titles." And that, that would be me. And that that would be people would like forget about the name, but the fact they you went from Hanson the Road to Ivor and Eric, I think that's why it's going to take a little bit longer for people to get over this little change that they saw. And number three, let's say most importantly. They're fucking on NXT as the tag team champions still. That's all I, I got to say about I gotta that. I throw something out there. Because Go ahead. These were obviously made to sound like Viking names, right? Ivar and Eric. Yeah. There's only one issue I have with that. What's that? Every hunchback of Notre Dame movie that's ever been named, or made, sorry, yeah. the name has been Ivor. So immediately, I don't think of Vikings. When I hear Ivor, I think Hunchback. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, that's me. I think that's a little sensitive of you, you know, knowing that the building, you know, burnt almost. No, down. no, no. I'm no, I'm talking, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm breaking your ball. That, that movie. <laughs> I, you know, that's immediately what I thought of. And yeah, that's I know. Just a, 
I know, I know. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. It, the names are just awful. I think but as time, far it, as the call-up itself, name aside, phenomenal, phenomenal four-team match. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah, they were good. And, like, I'm not and saying this, the whole this, call-up this, was a negative this thing. This is the whole thing. This is going to be the theme of the night. The call-ups, the matches, great. No complaints. The execution was just, it's going to be the theme of the night. All right. Well, of course, you said that. Uh, oh, you're Viking. I don't know. All right, so we're over to the Viking experience. I guess over time, over, you know, it'll grow on us. <clears throat> and then we'll be commenting. But you know what? The ultimate thing before we move on to the next thing, if people are still going to ride it, how much are you going to bet Vince will retaliate by making them tag champions next week? It's way too soon. I sure hope not. Well, I mean, another one's getting a title shot for the women's division. That just, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, overall, that I, one I'm actually okay with. Yeah, though. I know, I know, and they, they they're doing it right. Okay, <clears throat> next one, next co-op, obviously, Andrade, Andrade Cien Almas. I'm still gonna call him that, even though they shortened his name to Andrade. But he was in a match with Finn Balor that night, an incredible match, one on one between the two. Uh, it went back and forth. Both competitors getting close victories uh, on their opponent. Selena Vega helped her client, got involved, helped her client, hitting Ballard with the Hurricanrana, allowing Andrade to roll, it, roll him into the ring and nail him in this patented hammerlock DDT for the win. All right, two things. What did you think of the match? And what do you think of Andrade's move from SmackDown to Raw? Uh, this was... You know, I, I I forgot about it initially, so this would be the second perfect execution, really. You couldn't have asked for anything more between these guys. Uh, Five-star match. The Vega Huracrana was flawless. Uh, there Absolutely. Was a, there was some picture circulating last night about how she kind of landed bad on her head. It was from a fan camera. And it wasn't on the live camera, so I did hear a little bit about that. They were worried about a concussion. Oh, really? But, but otherwise, she popped right back up, so that got dismissed, you know, awful quick. Uh, but the picture, if you see the picture, I, I should have sent it to you. It looks bad. Okay. Uh, well, not with her neck cranking or anything like that, but she did bang her head hard. Uh, but otherwise, man, that was just a phenomenal match. You know what? And I was excited. I was like, oh, could we see a possible program with them too? But knowing what we know from last night, that's not going to happen. But for what it was, they gave us a gift of Balor and Andrade before he went over to SmackDown. So kudos to them for doing that. And as far as Selena Vega, great job on the mic. I was on another thing last night, Papa Smart. And he, he didn't think it was anything special. I was like, no, it was. Because. It, there was more impact to her promo than the first time when she was on SmackDown. And you know, they, you could make the argument that Heyman aside, she's the best manager in the company right now. Absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. And the thing is, is that they seem to be taking that approach again. Oh, yeah. Managers. And, yeah, and now you so, got Paige as a manager, too. Paige as a manager. Stokely Hathaway. And, and What's that awkward aspect? Stokely Hathaway yeah, on NXT is making us 
go make his way up. I'm glad they're going this way again. Because with Slipster, we grew up on that, man. That is old school wrestling and its finest. And, and like, if it wasn't it? for the authors of Pain being hurt right now, we would see that, man. In Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, boy. What? Thunderstorm Part 2. Oh, boy. She's doing to people taller than her. She's about the same height as Balor. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense, actually. Yeah, Jones, great point in chat. Um, overall, it was a great, great debut for Andrade. I love the heel win. Everyone says, oh, man, that could have hurt Balor. And that also hurt Andrade because he had to result to cheating to win. Dumbasses, he's a heel. That's how they do it. That's old school wrestling at its finest, man. I was okay with that victory. I was okay with how they got to that point. And either way, they still put on a hell of a show. And to the point that, yes, they got close falls, but it took that to get the victory. I was I was soaked in, and I thought that was the match of the night, in my opinion. But that, that's enough about that. So let's Yeah, let's get to the worst segment of the night. Let's go. All right. Rey Mysterio, 619 into Raw. Rey Mysterio debuted Raw, interrupting Elias' performance. Mysterio came out and, of course, attacked Elias right away until he retreated. Then Mysterio was greeted by Lars Sullivan and was assaulted. You can't skip over the Mysterio box. You got you to gotta add that before Lars came out. Come on now. Don't, uh, don't, uh, he don't botched. skip over that. I, I did forget about the botch. Yes, Ray Mysterio did botch. And... Did he botch? He made Sasha Banks look like a wrestling god. <laughs> that match was... You know what? Someday, we need to do the worst of the worst botch tournament. I love that. We'll put that for next week on the show. I'm not kidding. Next week on the show, we'll do it for next Tuesday's show. And we always Saturday. call our tournaments best of the best. So this, this is be the worst, worst of the worst. worst. <laughs> All right, we'll do that. That would be the other half. Good job booking that for next Wednesday. Wednesday, we will be doing that when we cover SmackDown as well. All right. And for people who wonder why we're covering Raw and SmackDown today, we had internet issues. Obviously, we're doing a lot better because I looked at the feed. I'm looking at it right now. It's looking good. So, uh, no internet you know, issues right the, now. The only thing that I want to add to this situation right here yeah. is that we would have had Samoa Joe on Raw, but he was sick. And he is so, on Raw now, right? Yes, he, he it hasn't been announced, but he is. Okay. Yeah, so, he has a real bad sickness here, that was going around. Here, right? Here's the problem I have with this whole setup. And this okay. is me. When I think of Rey Mysterio, I think of SmackDown. The uh, only reason Rey Mysterio is on Raw is because you wanted to move Balor to SmackDown, which yeah. meant you had to move Joe to Raw. Mm-hmm. And you didn't get the match you thought you were going to see at Mania. So this pretty much tells me we're going to get Mysterio Samoa Joe Part 2. And that's fine because I do want to see the actual legit match. And but you want just to see him win. me, it just, it never feels like Mysterio is a Raw guy. He's SmackDown. You know, it, it, he's just one of them guys that belongs on SmackDown. He doesn't need to be on Raw. But I it, I get it for the short term that they can do this. Uh, but with the Superstar shakeup next year, if Ray's still around, he needs to just go back to SmackDown. That's his that's more his show 
than it ever was AJ Styles show. Well, going on with what you were saying that you, you don't agree with him going over there, but continuity is the key. And Getem Jones, I was getting to that point, and Getem Jones just said they moved that whole feud, Amos, yeah. Joe, and Ray. But it, see, that's the that's I, the problem right there, though. When you think superstar shakeup, you want to see new feuds. You don't want to see pretty much. You can already book for the next month. You're going to see some kind of combination of Amos versus Ray, Joe versus Ray. We've already seen all that on SmackDown. I don't need to see it again on Raw necessarily, although we do need the proper closure for the Joe and Ray. I get that. But I get more excited for the matchups we haven't seen yet than necessarily what they did, but I understand why they did it. Well, you're going to get different feuds. You're definitely going to get different feuds. and But not initially. No, but you got to have some closure to this one. This one was kind of... Messed up because of the injury, obviously. Like, you know, we all dressed. And so, end this, my, and you got new ones. You go to have My only ones. question is, What's that? since the face mid-card title switched to SmackDown, what's on this do from here, in the short term here? Because it's going to probably be Joe and Ray. Obviously, if Ray wins the belt, which he was supposedly scheduled to win at Mania, then obviously you go Omnis and Ray after that, and I get that. But in the short term, what do you do with Omnis, though? That's the only... I, I worry a little bit about that. You know what my honest opinion? He's going to be in the mix for for the IC title, or the U.S. title. He will. Because I, I, I think it's a transition. You think they're going to go a three-way, maybe? Well, no, this is why I think, because what I feel where they might go. Obviously, Ray's going to win. So Joe's going to drop it to Ray. Yeah. I think Almas is probably going to get it back off of him, and you're going to get a long-term ring from them. I feel it, thing going over the wall, you're going to see a long-term intercontinental title reign there as well. I I feel like they're going to play hot potato with the U.S. title for a second, and then Jordan's going to end up with it and probably stick with it for a bit. It would be good for him, because you don't want to give it to um, uh, McIntyre, because he's going to be in the universal title picture. You don't want him down in that level. He's beyond that at this point. That's what you should do. But, again, we're not great. We'll see where to go with it. Uh, if Seth was a universal champion, that would have been my pick for a great feud. Oh, me too. Oh, God. Absolutely. And Johnny will be a world champion. I definitely. think we'll get that feud later this year, yeah. too. And, yeah, people are... Do- of all the guys mentioned, the hot feud for Seth later this year is probably on this. No yeah, doubt. That would be a good one. And if I, I'm not overly thrilled by uh, Joe and Rollins' feud. That doesn't do much for me. Ray, you're probably not going to see. Strowman, you're definitely not going to see for a while. So, mm-hmm. this makes sense. Yeah, it'd be a good, it'll be a good uh, mix-up. All right, well, let's move on because we have plenty of superstars there, you know, oh, yeah. acquisitions to talk about. The next one is the Usos making it over to Monday Night Raw. And, of course, they had a debut, responded to the uh, Rudy Gable Open Challenge. And for what, no one, from what we know, that was their last match together. Yeah. They've been building towards that split, and now you're not even going to see that split. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Gable's gone. <laughs> um, the, of course, the production crew uh, screwed up by putting the graphic with the Uso's name before, <laughs> before Rudy Gable went into <laughs> a promo to issue the open challenge. 
And I'm like, wait, wait, they dropped the ball on that. Way to kill the element surprise. They fucking dropped the ball on that. What I gotta, what I don't understand, how does the guy that was in charge of that not get fired, but the guy that was in charge of Bret Hart's speech got fired because Bret mentioned this? That guy got fired, but this guy didn't get fired. I don't know. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, it was a pretty good tag team match, obviously. And even though I was warming up to Root and Gable as a good tag team, and they showed that they had good chemistry, obviously, now it's an end. And, again, talk about Mick Carters. That could be another guy potentially getting U.S. title run again is uh, Bobby Root. And then he needs something like that. They say he's going to have a heel run. Yeah, I'm hoping. He, so. he did great work at NXT as a heel. Uh, of course, the former SmackDown Tag Team Champion shot as they beat the former Raw Tag Champions with the double oos. So, I mean, obviously, Naomi later on surprises people when she teamed up with Bailey against the Iconics. And, of course, they got the win over the Iconics. So, obviously, you had to get the husband and wife together. So, I lumped them in together for a reason because, again, they're married. Um, how do you feel about Naomi and the Usos coming over uh, to Raw? Uh, Usos, we all expect it. And to a certain extent, we probably expected Naomi to. Uh, Naomi, unfortunately, is the next Sasha Banks. She's the next crybaby on social media. She was bitching about her place in Mania. She was... She's just been... I I don't want to say this because it would sound bad. But it just seems like, and you see a lot of stuff on the internet too with Gail Kim, and you see a lot of the racial different races bitch about certain things that goes on in WWE. For one, them things were going on long before you joined the company. And we agree, 100%. Every one of them has valid points. The problem is, you're already kind of working with the short straws to begin with to get some of them opportunities. So don't put yourself out there in a negative way. It's why Gail Kim don't have a job. It's why Sasha Banks is about to not have a job. And it's I would be shocked if a year from now Naomi's still with the company. Just yeah. be, he's heading that same route. And you can't do that. People want to always say that, you know, the soft-spoken people, they, they're they the ones that are going to get them opportunities, unless your name's Charlotte, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're putting yourself out there like that, and you're already working from behind, kind of, with some of the things that you know goes on in WWE, you're making it harder on yourself. Yeah. So, all I would say is, keep your fucking mouth shut. Like, work with the position they give you, and if you knock it, if you knock it out of the park each and every time, you'll move up. And next thing you know, if you're Naomi, hell, you might be in the title uh, feud. But I thank God Bailey went to SmackDown because I had no interest in seeing Bailey and Naomi as a tag team. So thank God for that. Uh, I just hope she can kind of keep her mouth shut and get back to what she does best, and that's work in the ring. Because when she's on the top of her A game 
and she's not a frustrated woman out there, Naomi is easily in the top three women of the company. So yeah, yeah I'm with you on that. Hopefully, she if she gets her head on her shoulders, it could be good for her. All right. Well, <clears throat> I'm okay with the Usos going over to uh, from SmackDown. Yeah, well, obviously, do that tag team division. If you want to focus on good tag team wrestling. You have to put it like a tag team, like the Usos in there. They are pretty much, I could say, the one. The Ten matches Usos and Vikings will have. Oh, oh. oh man. Yeah, yeah, I know. Lord Viking, have Viking just experience. Sit back and eat the popcorn. Viking experience. Um. <laughs> I'm calling them the Vikings. You go ahead. I'm going to keep saying. It's like me wearing the freaking Phillies hat. That I'm hoping it gets here in that kind of way. <laughs> but. No, I'm okay with that. If you, because they're focused, they gotta focus on this tag team division and bring them over, add some credibility to it. It's great. Um, and as far as yeah, I'm with you as far as Naomi. Uh, it'd be a great move. It's a great move for uh, the women's division. And knowing what, no, knowing what we know now with the SmackDown, oh man, did they even that out perfectly? Because we were talking about there was lack of uh, big stars on the women's division on SmackDown. They obviously changed that, but with that. It didn't take away from the brawl. And the Adam Naomi helped it out. So I'm I agree with it all the way. They did a great job with that. Um the only fuck up is obviously the element surprise they ruined that. And the production guy apparently probably still has his job. <laughs> all right. Um let's go into the next thing. Uh, the hot thing right now, because coming out of that triple threat main event at WrestleMania, man, you have to come out hot with the two belt Becky two belts. <clears throat> of course, was in a match that night against Ruby Riot. And then they had a lumped in Lacey Evans and Natalia for the chance at the Raw Women's title. So this was a good 45 minutes. And I'm going to be honest with you. No, it was not. We'll get into it then. No, no, no. You can't. When you're describing this whole scenario, and I know you thought this when watching it, that Natalia promo was the most atrocious promo I've ever heard. It was so robotic, scripted. It was terrible. Natalia belongs nowhere near the title situation whatsoever. You could have did everything that you did. But then, had Natalia just come out there and fight Lacey? You didn't need... Get the microphone away from Natalia. That's the only bad part. I agree with you on that one. Um, it was a little robotic. She's a wrestler. <laughs> she don't talk. Her dad Besides his little giggle and stroking his goatee, he was not a talker. No, Brett did the talking, and he wasn't all that great. (laughs) They didn't teach that in the Heart Dungeon. They taught you how to wrestle. Yep. Chris Benoit, not a talker. Lance Storm, God, no, not a talker. (laughs) (laughs) So they didn't teach that there. Yeah, yeah. They taught wrestling. Wrestling, yep. So you could have you could have had Lacey come out and did everything that she did and had Natalia come out to confront her and saying that she wants a shot, but every bit of it just felt so uncomfortable. Not to mention the weird, awkward transition for after uh, Becky's match. She's just standing in the ring. They go to commercial, and they come back and just. Awkwardly, she's still standing in the ring, and then that was, little, that was a little weird, and that's more production more than anything else. I don't like that. Yeah, there was that long gap. It's like, wait a minute, what the 
fuck you yeah. still doing in there? <laughs> I was surprised by that too, but yeah. That, Brett was so bad at talking, he got somebody fired. That is true. <laughs> That's fucked. Um, this was awkward. It was. It, yeah, it was awkward. And at the end of the day, we got to what we wanted, though, which was surprisingly, we all want Lacey versus Becky. Yeah. yeah. And the only thing I was a little surprised at. Okay. Was Lacey's outfit. Not the top half, but the bottom half. Now, as a man, I have no problem seeing butt cheeks. We're going to see butt cheeks on every woman's wrestler. That's going to be always going to be there. Yeah. But if you're in this PJ era and you have everybody focusing on the ass because they had the lingerie straps going from the bottom of the trunks to the boots. That was odd to me. I think she could have wore the same exact outfit without the straps. And I don't think, besides grown men, obviously, there wouldn't have been as much focus on her body. I know that's what she's been wrestling in. I get that. I get that. But it just it doesn't seem like something that should be on the main roster. NXT, yeah, you got a bunch of horny teenagers and your general graphic is what? 20 the 35 year old men. So yeah. it's, it's just odd that they carried that part of her thing onto the main roster. Okay, Jim Rivers, why does it matter? No, it's seriously? Do you, do you want your little girl watching that if she's 8, 10 years old and says, Daddy, I want to dress like that? No. We saw it 20 years ago. Dad was in the Attitude Era. Uh, I'm just saying I'm not saying the outfit it was fine for me I'm saying from a family aspect if you're in the PG thing it's not very PG is what I'm saying yeah well you're gonna see you're gonna see a little edge on the Smackdown brand that's for sure but yeah I didn't it just it seemed odd as a grown man I loved it I had no problem with it but it's not something I would necessarily want my kids watching all right Fair enough. That's your point. That's your opinion. You're not wrong with it. Um, I I mean, overall, yeah, that, that promo was atrocious, but the match was pretty good. And oh, the, Lacey knocked it out of the park. Yes. And the thing is that Gettem Jones, that's what I was going to address. Can we talk about Lacey nearly going natty with that moonsault? Would you believe... I mean, I mean she hit the moonsault. All right, it happens. But... That was, I mean, overall, she, you know, it was a great match. And, uh, yeah, everyone wants to focus on that. But it happens. It does happen. I mean, overall, Lacey Evans is the perfect fit, character-wise, in-ring-wise. And they said that she got this push, and people wondered, like, why was that the push? They said because of her military background. They said that the willing to learn, willing to shut up and just listen. They said that she picked it up quicker than anyone else they had Is seen. she not pretty much a more athletic version of Beth Phoenix? Pretty much. She's got that strength, you want that my power, take? but she's more athletic. Yeah, she's you, not as stiff. Yeah. You want my take? She has sure. a potential being better than Charlotte Flair. Oh, without a doubt. So, and I, I think Charlotte Flair is the best woman they got wrestler right now. And I the think only thing that worries me about Lacey, I get that that's how she's been doing that moonsault, 
and it comes across as absolutely amazing. But the way she turns her body and just snaps back over the other way and jumps off them ropes, mm-hmm. that is a very botchy move if you slip just the slightest. And that yeah. words that worries me a little. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's been doing it forever. I'm sure she's done it hundreds, if not thousands of times. But it just takes a little moisture, whether it's sweat or blood, if it's a match like that, on the bottom of her boot, and she will fall so fucking hard. That worries me a little. But, you know, it they'll do the move until they get hurt the first time. That's like, you know, everybody, you know, Big E. When Big E comes back, he ain't going to be doing the splits no more. I can pretty much guarantee that. Uh, (laughs) You know, when guys have these amazing, and women too, when they have these amazing finishers, it just takes one botch. And nine times out of ten, it's going to get removed from the arsenal and it's going to be a different move now. But for now, let's just sit back and enjoy it and just, I, I pray for her not to get hurt. Yeah. I, I worry about that. Well, overall, it was a, a very good match on that. Yeah, I agree with you. But that could be any move for any, you know, any move could be that way. But Look overall, at fucking uh, Billy Kidman's a classic example. I love this move. Yeah, Two but once he, once he got hurt on it, he was never the same. Yep. I uh, know, and it sucks. But. I'm sure, like you and Bob and Tom, and come up with another finisher. Look at KO. I mean, that's prime example. Oh, and that you know that side finisher of that fucking punch from Lacey. The woman's right. Well, that punch is ten times better than Big Show's knockout punch. And oh, Sophia my version, yeah. And she she's legitimate, a legitimate badass. Man, if you want to talk about a badass like Ronda, badass. This woman was five years in the Marines. Badass. That's all I got to say. All right. Going on from the top women wrestler and the top contender to the man that was synonymous being on top, the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, making his way over to Monday Night Raw. Uh, teamed, up with, teamed up with Rollins and Reigns to face Lashley, Corbin, and McIntyre. Entertaining six-man tag, I must say. Again, I'm a sucker for these type of matches, so that could be just me. But, of course, Styles, Reigns, and Rollins get the win when they hit Lashley with the stomp, spear, and phenomenal forearm for the victory. Uh, I know it was pretty predictable that AJ was coming over. A lot of people were speculating that. I kind of assumed that. I even assumed we were going to talk about it later that Reigns was going to go over to SmackDown. Now, that being said, if you have a quick comment on the match, go ahead. But most importantly, what do you think about the move that AJ going to Raw? Uh, phenomenal. Uh-huh. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> uh, the only thing that, you know, it's going to take me a little while to get used to if they stick with it is that weird shave job they did on his beard. That looks atrocious. Uh, but the match, the move, other than that, flawless. It, it was truly phenomenal. All right. And yeah, I agree with you. Great match. It was a great match. And, the possibilities of what we could see. You know what I've been looking forward to? A good McIntyre and AJ match. Yeah. A good Corbin and AJ match. People yeah. hate Corbin, I know, I know, but I'm one of the few that enjoys what he does in the ring, enjoys what he does on the mic. He's a great heel, and that would be another good guy. But then there's some speculation that AJ may go heel. 
So we'll see where they go with that. There's a lot of possibilities. Obviously, Universal title is probably not in the picture. There's a reason for that, obviously, because he wanted to drop the WWE title back in November. So he, uh, he, he doesn't want that lengthy schedule as he was doing for the last three years. Um, all right, so, I mean, that overall, I thought it was a pretty good show, but let's figure it out together. We're going to rate the show from 1 to 5 like we do every time we cover Monday Night Raw. What do you get with this week? Uh, 3.5, and that the only knock for me really is execution on a few things. But other than that, the action, everything else, the moves was pretty spot on. I'm with you. Uh, with the rating of 3.5, I agree with you. Um, the, the Uso thing, that kind of killed it for me. Um, overall, I mean, it was a really good entertainment. You know what? No, I switch it. I'm going to go with 4 because it was great wrestling. A lot more wrestling than usual for Monday Night Raw. Let's be honest. So I I changed that. Well, and four. at least there was uh, different matches, unlike what we're about to talk about. Uh, and we're gonna get into that right now. Here we are, SmackDown live review. This is what you know what I'm gonna bump mine up to a four too because a lot of the matches were different matchups. Yeah, yeah. So I know I, we I'm both shipped that on the pretty... with you. <laughs> one thing you're you're not gonna be able to say about. This. All right, calm down. This mofo here. Calm down. We had one shake up the first hour of a two-hour show. All right. Not a three-hour show. Yeah. Well, what's that? All right. Well, the first thing we're gonna cover, obviously, this has nothing to do with the superstar shakeup, but I do find it mildly entertaining. Watch from them. I find it quite entertaining, and that is Big O filling in for Big E. Oh my God! This. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods were guests on the Kevin Owens show. Owens, of course, mentioned the Big E being on the shelf due to injury. Then he went on to pitch an idea to join the New Day. Um, of course, they had to give him some tests, and he had to prove himself, and he did that little pelvic thrust. And we got to see Kevin Owens dance. We got to see him eat pancakes. We got, <laughs> he got unicorned. He got initiated. So, yes, it, it, it worked. Um KO Sammy are the best. Exactly. They are the best. But later on that night, to close the show, they were in a six-man tag with Cesaro, Nakamura, and Rusev. The New Day gets the victory with the stunner. And I gotta say, Cesaro took it horribly. That's my only critique of that match, is that Cesaro took that stunner horribly. Um, what do you think about the whole segment match? I mean... I want your thoughts. I'm I'm actually curious on how you feel. Oh my god, I, I was th- you're clapping your hands. I I like that because I'm watching that. And I'm like, oh, I had a feeling you were not going to be for that. <laughs> you know, that- I know we didn't talk about it on Raw. What's that? But I really did not think we were going to see anything top the Sami Zayn, Alexa Bliss moment of Bliss thing because that was phenomenal. Oh yeah, but this was just on another fucking level. Whoever wrote out this segment, he's the writer of the week, or she, you know, Dana Warrior's there now, you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this was just mad. It, they had magic. Not chemistry. No, 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 no. They had magic, the three of them. And that's something you just can't find that often, and it, it was just a pleasure to see. 
I did like it. It was funny as hell getting to see him get initiated. But of course, there was a really good match uh, in that six man tag. Yeah. Corey Graves, when he said I quit, was absolutely. <laughs> well, here's the one thing. Like, you thought you would see some little weirdness between the three since they tag. It seemed like they were tagging all along. Like, yeah. KO pretty damn quick. And that is how good Kevin Owens is, is that he is able to adapt. Whether if it's a long-term thing or this is a short-term. First thing that came into mind, though, I have a feeling it's going to be a turn. Because back what get him doing said in chat a few minutes ago, and I didn't address is that they lost a lot of heels. The only thing I want to say to that is, since KO has come back, he is not being a face out of the fucking park. Mm-hmm. I am not mad at you for what you just said. I'm just mad at the general public. Oh my God, KO's gonna turn on them. KO's gonna turn on this guy. KO's gonna turn on that guy. Just stop it. Enjoy what you're fucking seeing. Begging for him to turn heel. Yes, technically you're right. He's a much more natural heel. I get that. But let's just enjoy what we're seeing. Oh, we're, I'm seeing enjoying side, it. we're seeing a side of KO that nobody thought existed. Nobody thought this nah. existed. Not yeah. on this level. I'm just, it, it always seems like every time KO has a good match or has a good segment, you see Twitter exploding. Oh, he's going to turn heel. We're all waiting for him to turn heel. I just wish it could get more like we are where we're complimenting what he does, I'd rather see that more on Twitter than everybody just saying, oh, he's going to turn him. He's going to turn him. Yeah, I'm with it, you it, on does, that. It, it does get a little old. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's the thing. Like The only reason I said it is because I think, like, in that moment, it's like, I know KO. We all know KO. Like, eventually, this nice persona is going to turn. And we're wondering, when is it going to happen? I don't, think that's, <laughs> I don't think that's how this is going to end. I, I could be completely is, wrong. I, I just, think this is going to end funny. with Kofi losing the title and Kofi and Xavier turning heel by blaming the Big O. Well, here's the thing. Not Big O, but what about Big E? Him. Big E ain't going to be back for at least nine months to a year. They say. Well, hypothetically, just say if KO was to stick around for a while. Okay? With yeah, the they really, Oh, yeah, then Big E. Heel, obviously. Coming back like, yo, what the fuck? You you replaced me? It, it, it's as simple as that. I come, I step away for one second, and you already like have someone else in mind. You you just toss me to the side. That's what for all we've done, and you're that quick to just replace me with this guy. And I can see that happening, but I don't see the you know Kevin Owens being on New Day a long term thing. But it is entertaining as hell. I'm gonna enjoy it for the time. But in the back of my mind, the whole time I'm gonna wonder, all right, when's he gonna turn? No, my, not my even with them. Just in general, know, I'm I'm going against the grain, and I know I am. Okay. But I think eventually somebody's gonna turn on KO, not the other way around, because everybody's just waiting for KO to turn on somebody. And I think whenever it happens, it's gonna be someone else going heel against KO. Hypothetically, what if it was New Day? Uh, that's what I want to see if I had to pick it. I want to see indirectly Big O cost Kofi the title accidentally and then them just going ape shit 
and saying that he was never a member of New Day and, you know, this blah, blah, blah. You could turn that into a nice feud. And as simple as that could create a beautiful story. And knowing what both KO and <laughs> Kofi Kingston could bring to the I, table, it would be very, very I really want to see heel Xavier Rhodes, too. Maybe not necessarily heel Kofi as much, but I could see it. But I think heel Xavier Woods could be phenomenal. So maniacal, so intelligent, perfect. And yeah, it's the a perfect the role for comment that he made about them taking all his up, up, down, down gamers away from him over the Raw was fucking amazing, too. I mean, they I think, really, yeah, that was they really knocked every <laughs> little thing out of the park with this. It, it was just beautiful. All right. Well, let's move along because, I mean, we did cover a good bit, but, yeah, we're both excited for what's going to happen uh, and what's happened, and I'm curious of where they're going to go with it. Uh, I, I, It would be entertaining to see him go, but that remains to be seen, and we'll see as uh, time goes on. Uh, now, of course, we were talking about Monday Night Raw the night before. Balor was in a great match with Andrade. Here we are. Your Intercontinental Champion is now on SmackDown Live, and his first match is Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali, man, I'll tell you right now, I was instantly, instantly off the edge of my seat. I was like, we're in for a good match. And they did not disappoint. Of course, uh, Finn Balor debuted on SmackDown with a one-on-one encounter with Mustafa Ali. A great, great back-and-forth match. Only thing that killed it for me was the commercials. That does take away, that was the thing that took away from the match. But overall, it was an entertaining match. And of course, in the end, Finn Balor gets the victory with a coup de grace, countering the 450. I got to ask you, what did you think of that match? And most importantly, Balor on SmackDown, your thoughts? Uh, long overdue move to SmackDown, obviously. A lot of people uh, have been magic, saying that. Huh? I said a lot of people have been saying that. Yeah, it, it was long overdue. Uh, it, it just, it, it fits. Uh, the match with Ali was phenomenal. One thing I think, I, I didn't see it in your rundown either, I think is getting overshadowed, and I really want to see this view more than anything, especially talking Balor, is Buddy Murphy to SmackDown. Oh, I did forget to put that. I had that in my mind because that was a little vignette, and I forgot to put that in there, so yes. Yeah. Buddy Murphy versus Finn Balor, I see feud. Thank you. Check, please. Hold on, hold on. And I have to give you this, credits to, I do remember you saying, within six months, you will see Buddy Murphy on SmackDown. I've been waiting that was for a Buddy. few months ago. You know, one thing I've always kept an eye on, I don't watch the program every week, 205 Live. I do. One person, though, I've kept an eye on this whole fucking time was Buddy fucking Murphy. And so, well, you got Cedric Alexander on the wall, too. I, I've looked forward... Ali took me by surprise, and mm-hmm. I'm on board with that. But Murphy, I've been on board from day one with this. I'm ready for it. You could have number one contenders match of an old feud with Ali and Murphy for the IC check, please. All right. Well, I mean, this is the beauty part of this shakeup. It was really good, in my opinion, with that. Because you bring it's so fresh. They brought in, uh, they call people up. They're bringing people from not only NXT, but 205 Live. You got Cedric Alexander on Raw. Of course, Buddy Murphy on uh, on SmackDown. I mean, it, it's perfect. It, it's a perfect storm. And um, he could 
Buddy Murphy could be a natural potential top heel for SmackDown. Yeah. And like you said, they lost some of that. So this could be one of your top five heels on SmackDown easily. Oh, he could be a great heel. I could see that happening. Um, Nice first Murphy rematch on two. Dominion was better than their Mania match. Yeah, it was. It totally was. A, but their match at Mania was really good. Oh, speaking of, uh, Murphy also. Who's tuning in for uh, Murphy versus Velveteen Dream tonight? Um, this guy when I get home from work. <laughs> Woo! Oh, Velveteen Dream. Honestly, and we're going to get into this at the main event, but real quick, and then we'll go on to the next thing. Did you feel in any way that Velveteen Dream might have been that big acquisition? Because Nope. No? I had a feeling for one nope. second. I was like, because is he going to finally call much with all these other guys moving around and leaving NXT, uh, even though you still got Gargano down there, and unfortunately, for whatever fucking retard reason, still have Undisputed Era down there, when you think NXT right now, if it's not Gargano, Velveteen Dream is the face of that brand. I love the fact he's going to be there probably for another year. Unless you have a Survivor Series call up like they did with Bailey that one year, and then four months later she actually came up, came up. I could see Dream being like a surprise member of a Survivor Series team. Yeah. Uh, but him and Gargano, along with Undisputed Era, I guess it all makes sense now why Undisputed Era is still there with Royal Raiders and everybody, Ricochet, Alistair Black. You had to keep some stock there besides just Gargano and Dream. So. I think all in all, it's going to work out very well. Well, I'll tell you this, okay? One thing's for sure. You always have debuts the night after Mania and the night after SummerSlam. Just saying. Just saying. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the uh, next thing, which I I mean, I was excited on Raw about Becky being on there. This segment with Becky on SmackDown, this is one of the low points in the night, though. But of course, she came out and dressed the WWE Universe. Uh, she read, you know, she talked again about her winning the title at WrestleMania. Then went to talk about being, you know, oh, I'm gonna defend both titles. Blah blah blah. Okay, cool. One thing she did address, and uh, here we go. We're starting and getting the ball rolling. She addressed Lacey Evans and where they're gonna go with that, and that's her next opponent. And but then before it got any better. This is where it became a clusterfuck. You had Ember Moon interrupt and talk about, oh, I'm on SmackDown, blah, blah, blah. Then, barely. Then the Iconics, I actually like the Iconics in this uh, segment. Um, Me then too. Andy Rose and Sonya Deville. And so, honestly, it could be argued that Iconics carried this whole thing, to be honest, because it was a clusterfuck. Real quick, before I go further. Aren't they the best as far as females on a mic? I don't know why. Oh, they, I told my wife the other day, uh, what's her face? Oh, why am I blinking? Not Peyton, but the other one. I'm so. Oh, Not Peyton okay. Royce, but the other one. Oh my god, why am I blinking? This... <laughs> okay. Let yeah, me go just ahead. go to my point, and we'll, it doesn't matter her name. And Billy yeah. Kay. Billy Kay oh freaks yeah. me the fuck out. I would rather see Tamina 
and Nia Jax naked before Billy Kay. Billy Kay freaks me the fuck out. She is pretty much looking like a goddamn fucking witch without putting any of the witch stuff on for Halloween. She is nasty. But I told my wife, and it's going to kind of go along with Buddy Murphy, Peyton Royce, though, she will be a phenomenal women's single champion. I don't know when they're going to do that split. It could be far down the road. I have no idea. But Peyton Royce carries that team. The only thing that the fucking other dumbass does is the, or whatever you call it. That's all she does. She, she has that one move where she puts her foot under the chin and that's kind of cool. But other than that, she just, that character just rubs me the wrong way. Peyton Royce though, she could be a face, a heel, a tweener. She could play any of them roles, I guarantee you. And she could be the next up-and-coming face after Becky kind of dies down, you know, eventually, in my opinion. All right. Uh, well, let's go on, because we did kind of cut it off. So you had the clusterfuck of the Ember Moon, Bailey, Iconics, Manny Rose, and Sonya Deville. Then finally, Paige comes out to introduce the tag team that the Iconics will be facing this soon. This was funny. For the women's tag team titles. Drum roll. Oscar and your NXT co-op, Carrie Sane. A lot of people have been predicting that, been wanting that. Uh, <laughs> great one says, have you lost a damn mind? No, that bitch freaks me out. I don't give a fuck. Um, of course, this clusterfuck resulted in the eight-man tag See? match where Sane, Oscar, Bailey, Moon, Juan. Um how do you feel about the acquisitions? What you had a point? Go ahead. Kari saying, besides the iconics, was the highlight of this match, bar none. Uh, she is absolutely fucking phenomenal. The only thing that left me scratching my head at the beginning was no sky pirates. That that I I thought it was going to be sky pirates. I didn't think it was going to be just saying and Asuka, but. As this goes change. on, I'm completely on board with it. Just the initial uh, shock factor was like, I was scratching my head at first. But then once they got in there and the action started, Asuka and Sane chemistry like a motherfucker right away. Absolutely loved it. Iconics, awesome. Uh, the one bitch, yeah, she freaks me out, okay? I can't help it. You know, everybody has that one thing that freaks them out, and Billy Kay's that for me, okay? My bad. Uh, but this was overall a clusterfuck that ended somewhat well. All right. No, <clears throat> I thought it was a great match. It was an entertaining match. Um, Iconics, I, I hate to say it, they're going to be transitional champions. And, I mean, and I agree with you. You said Billy Kay champion? No, Peyton Royce. Oh, Peyton. I'm sorry. Peyton. Oh, God. That's a, yeah, Peyton. Obviously, yeah, I can see her being a women's champion. <clears throat> Pardon me. Overall, um. All in uh, Peyton's uh, boyfriend's on SmackDown, too, so. I know, but. Um, Just want to throw that out there. That's, it, they don't necessarily have to be married. I know, but I know they're going to focus on married, and that was the thing we were talking about off here. But... I did, but I did want to throw that out there. Just okay, so. I know. You threw it out there, huh? Okay. Um, don't make me. I'll fucking call your uh, father-in-law up there. 
Uh, there'll be a fucking murder on the show. Um, <laughs> hey, we'll get ratings then. Man, I'll be in jail, so I'll do uh, live remotes. <laughs> um, all right, go into the final thing. Uh, cause, oh, yeah, the cat off the women's thing. Um, I, I'm excited for Barely. They really pumped up their women's division. Something that was really lacking was depth in the women's division on SmackDown. I'm glad they finally fixed that. Going into the final segment of the night, of course, after you had that six-man tag match that recovered with the New Day and Cesaro, Nakamura, and Rusev, uh, Vince McMahon comes out and says he addresses the WWE Universe, and this is the biggest acquisition uh, for SmackDown Live. Out comes Elias. <laughs> money, money, money. I love that. And, obviously and you that knew Reigns was going to come out. Yes. You knew it. But and just it, it, the fact that he trolled everybody with Elias was phenomenal. It was. And obviously it was subliminal because he was talking about Roman Reigns. But they threw it in there because, it, honestly, if Reigns would have came out after he said that, you think that would have, that wouldn't have had a negative effect? And one thing I noticed when Reigns did come out, okay, they shot to the crowd, and what were people doing? Ooh, it had already turned. It was just a matter of time, and I guess putting him on SmackDown maybe could have, you know, done something. What's up, Mister Loco? Um, it, yeah, I did love the segment overall. I did love the Elias bit, and obviously he had to get interrupted, so it was put together perfectly. I thought. Um, I'm Man, actually... I, I know they're not going to pull the trigger on the heel thing. I know they're not. But God damn, man. If there's ever a more natural heel, it is Roman Reigns. We've been saying and that you all could, along. You could send it off on a goddamn fucking rocket ship by having Reigns take the title from Kofi. He will never get cheered again. I don't care what you do with him. I don't care how many times he has leukemia. Uh, oh, he will never get cheered again if he can somehow take that title from Kofi. I, I feel bad for Kofi because we know it's going to happen eventually. But I can't help it. I want to see it. Kofi because I think it's the only way we even have a chance to see Reigns as a heel. And you've you seen the video of him as a heel when he was in NXT. It's like, you see that and like, oh, the face of the company. Be original then. Have a heel do it. Man. And you know what? Here's the thing. WWE doesn't focus on heels like they did back in the 80s. There is a way you could turn. You want to be creative? You want to go out, think outside the box? Find a way. Turn him heel. And in the process, make him a face. Uh, face yeah, you did that with Rock. You did that with Cena. Oh, not Cena, but Stone Cold. You've done that with Undertaker, even. Yeah. You've really done it with all the big names until Cena. Don't make the mistake you made with Cena. As great as Cena is, don't make that mistake with Roman Reigns. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't rob the Come people on. of that. And here's the thing. <clears throat> I think people would love the bottom. <laughs> and that boy is in that old school wrestling at its finest. And, yeah. Uh, I want Reigns to win the title so I can hate him. You know what? If he was to turn heel, that would be the perfect person to take the title off of Kofi. I would be into that match. And I think they... Because... People can say what they want about Reigns. Oh, his match is insane. Superman punch. No. 
it was matches against Lesnar. It had to be kind of like that. When you look at the other matches he did, he would do incredible matches. The match he had with McIntyre, even though it was short, it wasn't their fault. It was still a great match for the time they got. Reigns has that ability to put on a great show. Absolutely. Reigns has that way to be a good heel, too. I just don't know why. And again, if you want to think outside the box, you want to be something, you want something original, fucking do it. Actually, I take that back. They did do that before. It was called Triple H in 2000. That was the big one. And remember, he was on SNL. Remember, he was on Mad TV. This is all during the time where he was a heel. So it could work. Just saying. Just fucking saying. So, pull the trigger, guys. Come on. Give us what we want. Give us what we want. Oh, got spit all over my shit now. Sorry. <laughs> you know what? Hold on. Before we're going to... I have to do this, okay? I just got angry. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Alright, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, Jenner. Thank you. Alright, I'm sorry. I'm calm now. Alright. So, overall, you're okay with both Elias and Reigns coming over to SmackDown? Oh, absolutely. All right. 100%. All right. Well, we're at the end of SmackDown. You know what that means. We do our conclusion where we rate the show overall. Did we like the show? Did we not like the show? You gave a four for Raw. Are you going to give the same for SmackDown? What do we got, D-Shot? I'm going to give it a four, but begrudgingly. The only thing that rubbed me the wrong way is that we didn't get enough uh, new matchups on the first show like we did on Raw because we had... You know, Charlotte's match, you had two SmackDown people. Then, you know, the uh, the men's thing, the six-man. Yeah. Uh, that was all SmackDown people, too. That was a little weird. I, I, I would have thought you would have mixed some of the transfers with that. But that's a very minor complaint, probably. Uh, so I'm going to give it a four. I'm with you. It was a four great wrestling matches. The thing that kind of took away from me was the clusterfuck before the uh, women's eight man or eight woman tag. So ten out of nine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we do add up to one to five. I give it a four. And uh, to answer Jenna Jones' question, Jenna Mahal was amongst the people that caught that sickness in the locker room. That's why you didn't see him either. I almost gave it a five because of Bert and Murphy, yeah. It was a great show overall. Two great shows. Absolutely. Overall, the Superstar Shake-Up, if I was to rate that one out of five, I'll give it a five. A complete five. I, I would give it a five as far as the moves, but as far as execution, I can only go a three. Mm. Yeah, you know. You, you, can't give anything, you can't give anything a perfect rating with the Viking <laughs> experience. Yeah. That's impossible. <laughs> well... Before we get into the last thing, uh, of course, the last segment is the best of the best tournament, double champions. You can vote along with us, and it's great. we got a good amount of people in here, so you can vote with us. we got eight champions, but before we do that, we got a 10-second dance break. All right. Sorry, I felt like the bo- I felt like boogieing. Okay. Um. 
Hey, KO can dance. I'm fucking. And dancing. there goes all the viewers. <laughs> all right, here we are. <laughs> and this is it, ladies and gentlemen. The best of the best tournament. Best double champion. The, the, the tournament is people that have won title, uh, that held two titles at the same time. Of course, this is all because of Becky Two Belts. Owen, both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship. So we figured, why don't we do a best of the best double champions tournament? Now, here's the thing. It, like, it, it's really hard because we got Austin 2001 and that Triple H 2001. And there's a reason for that. And you got to think about what these titles were held, who they beat for these titles, and, of course, the length of time. Um, I wanted to put Triple H in there, but instead I went with Miz 2010 because in the time that he had the U.S. title and the tag titles, he also had the money in the bank. So I had to throw that in there. I was like, That's, uh, that up Triple H right there just because of that. Um, so... Here we go. The first matchup is The Miz in 2010 going against Rob Van Dam in 2006. Seth Rollins in two, 2015 going up against Kurt Angle in 2000. That's a pretty good matchup there. Of course, you have Jericho in 2001 going up against Shawn Michaels in 1997. And then your final matchup is Chris Benoit in 2004 going up against Stone Cold Steve Austin in 2001. Uh, it's only supposed to be seven seconds. Uh, what, the dance break? Always is. What are you talking about? That was seven seconds. You called it the 10-second dance break. Well, it's 10 seconds, but it, 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 but I call it seven. It's 10 now. It's our show. I'll do how long I want to do it, bastard. <laughs> All right, here we go. First matchup, The Miz in 2010. Going up against Rob Van Dam. 2006. Of course, Rob Van Dam was awarded the ECW Championship, but... I mean, eh, let's face it, he was deserving it. But he did beat, however, beat the man, John Cena, for the WWE Championship at one night stand. Very short-lived reign, though, because uh, someone had a failed drug test. But nonetheless, he was a double champion for a brief period. Uh, going up against the Miz that had the United States title, had money in the bank, and as well had the uh, unified tag titles with the Big Show, with Show Miz. So, people, we got people in chat, so... You can vote. We can vote. So who do you got first? You got RVD or do you got the Miz? Uh, this one's easy for me, and that's the Miz. Uh, simply right. because at this time, Miz was just <laughs> so fucking hot. And, mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't going to pick Rob Van Dam anyway. I had forgotten the part about him being handed the ECW title. I was going to downgrade him just because how bad that new version of ECW was was why I was going to say he was going to lose. Ooh. Now that the fact that he was handed one of those two titles me kind of disqualifies him, so I'm going with The Miz. It's a sad thing because I'm with you. I'm with The Miz, but we got two people in chat. Oh, get him, Jones. The Miz on his way to top heel. Alright, well, we got two. I... Ooh, unless if someone else responds, we, we got to go with, uh, we're going to have to go with Miz because, you know, we're, we're the host of the show, so it goes with us. <laughs> so, great one. Do you have, is he in here? Because that's the thing, like, think about it. It's like, 
I know, yes. <clears throat> you want to go with RVD because he beat John Cena. And anyone beat John Cena should be up there. But he was awarded the other title. The Miz earned the U.S. title. The Miz earned uh, the tag team title. So, uh, he, he earned the money in the bank. He earned all three. Just saying. And let's be real. That 2010 Miz, wasn't it soon after that that he also beat Cena too in the main event? Of- yeah. Know, that little show called Mania. So, I, I gotta go with Miz. Alright, we're gonna go with Miz. I'm sorry, folks, but uh, when is a tiebreaker? The host win. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when the host actually agree for once. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, I thought we were gonna go opposite on this one. Alright, so the next matchup uh, on that on the left side, we got Seth Rollins in 2015 going against, going against Kurt Angle in 2000. Man, this is a weird matchup, but here's the thing with this one. Now, the thing with this, with Kurt Angle, this is his rookie year. This is the first few months in the company. In February, he beat Val Venus for the European Championship, okay? And only a mere few weeks later, he defeated Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental title. So going into WrestleMania with that triple threat against Benoit and Jericho, he had both titles. So it, let me remind you, that's the first six months in the company. Great rookie year for him. Going up against... Seth Rollins that stole the show at WrestleMania 31 when he cashed in his money in the bank against Lesnar and Reigns, capturing the WWE Championship, then faced John Cena in a champion for champion match. Yeah, well, some jerk-off named John Stewart helped him to win, but he did win and captured the U.S. title, becoming a dual champion. So, who do you have? I got to go Seth Rollins just simply because of the namesake value of who he beat. Uh, if you're going off, you know, rookie year, then obviously you would say Kurt Angle. Uh, but just the name stock of Lesnar and Cena, man, I, I don't know how you can go with Kurt Angle on this one as great as that was. So Seth Rollins. You son of a bitch, we agree again. Because uh, it, it was hard to match these up, and I thought this would be a hard one to like decide. But yeah, it, I mean, how he won the triple threat match, or how he won the WWE title, beating Cena. I mean, during that time, he beat three of the biggest guys in the company of that time, and and he had both titles. So yeah, I'm with you, and it's unanimous. Uh, Mr. Loco as well went. With, oh, there you go. Went with the wrong thing. So Seth Rollins moves on to the second round. Now the third matchup. Is Jericho going up against Shawn Michaels? Um, Jericho, he was a double champion because this was on that one major show, Vengeance 2001. Of course, this was right after the whole Alliance thing, after Survivor Series. They had to crown a crown, undisputed champion, WCW champion, WWE champion. Jericho beat Austin and The Rock on the same night to capture both titles. And having a very lengthy uh, reign, only to drop in the Triple H of WrestleMania X8. Going up, going up against Shawn Michaels that had the European Championship that he captured in the fall of 1997 over in the UK. Beating you can just Bulldog. be quiet because we're all going <laughs> Jericho here, so let's move it along. Well, I'm just... I'm just throwing I, that I, out And also the Montreal Screwjob. It was kind of going with Michaels the Michaels is Montreal. my favorite wrestler of you all won't. time. But this is such a slam dunk right here. Jericho. Okay, but... I was going with the Montreal thing because that's where they were. Yeah. Fucking ruined Fuck it. Fuck your mind. Fuck it. All right. 
We're going to go with Jericho. <laughs> the final matchup in this <clears throat> first round is Benoit, 2004, going against <clears throat> Steve Austin in 2001. I'm sorry. I throat. 2004, Benoit uh, won the, the World Heavyweight Championship in a triple threat match at WrestleMania 20, Madison Square Garden, against HBK and Triple H. Then went on to win the Tag Team Championship uh, with um, Edge. So, here, they were, here he was. He was a dual champion during that brief period. Even though the tag team titles, he only had a third month. But, hey, he was a dual champion for that time. Going up against Steve Austin that had the tag team titles. He, um, along with Triple H, uh, they beat um, the Brothers of Destruction. That was Kane and Undertaker. So, that's credible opponents. Also, earlier that year at WrestleMania X7, he defeated The Rock at the main event for the World uh, WWE Championship. So, I mean, who do we got? I'm going with Austin. This is probably the hardest matchup of the first round here. Really? Uh, as far as I, every other one was a slam dunk for me. This one, not so much. Because as much as I value uh, Stone Cold and Triple H beating them, I have to, you know, give the edge to Benoit in this one because he essentially stuck it to prime Triple H twice. And that is very, very hard to ignore. Uh, I I got to give the edge ever so slightly to Benoit, but I understand Austin obviously probably winning this, so. I mean, Benoit, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with Austin. Um, I think because you got the Brothers of Destruction, it wasn't an easy tag team that they beat, you know, with Triple H and him, they beat the Brothers of Destruction. Beating The Rock, which, I mean, for the title, main event at WrestleMania. I get your point. You make a valid argument, but I still feel that Austin was the better dual champion because here's the thing. They had the titles a little bit longer than Benoit did, Okay. So. We got two. We got two two though. So yeah, crowd tiebreaker here. Yeah, I know. And this is where uh, or the other guy here would. He's sitting and I guess he's just listening because he does that. Um. Uh, son of a bitch. Austin. Let's just let's just put it this way: Jericho wins the next round anyway. So All right, Benoit. We'll give you Benoit. Okay. It does. It, it this. I mean, you could argue that this was um, the matchup of the whole tournament. To be yeah. honest. All right. So here we go. We're going into the uh, second round. If we got three more matchups, then it would be done right here. The second matchup, or the first matchup of the second round, is the Miz 2010, Rollins 2015. Who do you have? Again, we know the mm. what titles they had. I mean, mm. Rollins. I I, I want to say Miz, but I got to go Seth Rollins. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. The, the names are just too great to overcome. And even though we both agree on that one, that's unanimous, because even if it was the tie, host win. <laughs> and of course, the second matchup of the night, uh, or the second matchup of the second round, Jericho 2001, Benoit 04. I go with Jericho 01, because after you beat two, two of the biggest guys. Oh, now Greg wants to start voting. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Jericho, though. Well, you're, you're too late there, Gray. What the hell? We already got three Jerichos anyway, so. 
Yeah, so Jericho wins. And there we go. We got the finals right now. Jericho 01 beating The Rock in Austin to get the WCW and the WWE title. Being the undisputed champion. Going against Seth Rollins that was the U.S. champion as well as the WWE champion. Beating three of the biggest superstars at that time. Tough decision. But you ready? I'll give you my vote. Ready? Seth yeah. Rollins, 2015. See, I just can't I can't put Lesnar and Cena up there with Rock and Stone Cold. And this is pretty much opponents is what decides this for me. So I, I got to go Jericho. You went with Jericho. Okay. Yep. Adam Jones said Jericho. That was so iconic that I, I don't know how you go the other way. Just simply because no one saw Jericho coming that hard by beating both of them guys that night. Seth Rollins, you were like, okay, he already beat Lesnar. Yeah, he was the yeah. in the bank. I don't know. I, I, I got to go Jericho, man. I, and I love Seth Rollins, but it just I can't get there. Yeah, all right. Well, Kevin Jones didn't make it. He did beat him without cashing in anything. Oh, well, looks like the winner. Our double champion. We voted together. We didn't all vote together, but unanimously, Jericho 2001 is our best double champion, according to us, the fans, and the hosts of the Go Home Wrestling Show. Thank you so much for two, you know, for participating on this one. Uh, let's go back here. All right. Well, when we do the next tournament, the worst of the worst, yeah, we need to get the clips for that one. Oh, the actual clips of the... I think we need to, to justify how bad the botches were. Just want to throw that out there. Well, if you could send me the links, I could clip them easily. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Mr. Locust says I'm not mad at bro that Austin did not win. Boo. Hey, it is what it is. Sorry, Mr. Loco. This is where we all vote. I'm sorry. Ooh, pardon me. Alright, well, we covered Raw, we covered SmackDown. We, together, determined the best double champion of all time. You know what that means? That is the end of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We do apologize for not doing the show yesterday. We had internet issues. We, we corrected it. We did a lot better. Thank you all for tuning in. Now, don't forget, for people that are listening or watching us right now, if you can't catch us, we have the links below in our Twitch profile. Uh, you can listen to our podcast. It will be released later on today. And start next week, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to go back to the Tuesday-Wednesday format. Tuesday, we're going to be covering Monday Night Raw. Wednesday, we cover SmackDown. And we do segments with you, with you the viewers, to get involved with the show. Um, last thing I want to say, um, overall, uh, for people that are listening to podcasts, you can catch us live 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, for people, um, again, the podcast that we're on, one Twitch, uh, Twitch. I'm sorry. One Google, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, now Podbean. We're on all these platforms. So just search "Go Home Wrestling Show" and you get the podcast. I'm sorry, I have text going off. I got like 20 things going on. My ADD to the max here. Um, so thank you so much. I can pretty much guarantee that Sinkower botch. We might have to only pick one. It's yeah. going to be hard to decide on that. All right, well, send me the clips, and we'll do the Botchamania. 
tournament in the upcoming episode. Everyone that's in here at Starbucks Cafe, everyone else, thank you so much. Totally wasted. <laughs> um, a lot of people have popped in on uh, Twitch and all. Thank you. We'll see you next time on the Go Home Wrestling Show. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in. See you next time, everybody. See you bye twice.